Welcome back to the Magic of the Spheres podcast. This is Sabrina Monarch, and this is a show about spiritual lifestyle and personal evolution. Today's episode is a continuation of the conversation that we had last week with Arakai Moon, fellow astrologer, fellow evolutionary astrologer at that, and all around amazing, powerful Aries woman that there were sparks flying and it was so much fun to talk to her. We are talking about Taurus and Scorpio, which is a tantric axis, Taurus relating to our self-esteem and pleasure and receptivity, and Scorpio relating to our merging and our magnetism and our desire. And these two signs, and if you add in all the fixed signs, so add in Leo and Aquarius, are endlessly fascinating to work with because at the end of the day, all of these signs and their interactions together relate to our creative mastery. If you're in the Minneapolis area, by the way, I'm giving a talk and workshop November 15 and 16 called Pillars of Creative Mastery, and we'll be exploring the fixed signs of the Zodiac. I'll leave a link to that event in the show notes. And last week, we left off talking about the astral plane and the connections or the merging that happens there. So if you think about, you know, having that sensation where you know someone's about to text you or you're thinking about someone right when they do text you or just before they do, it's like, what are we connected to at the ethereal kind of astral Aquarius, astral plane, hive mind kind of consciousness? And how can we be more intentional, ethical, or aligned in that space? If you haven't listened to part one of the podcast with Arakai Moon, I would highly recommend going and listening to that. That's where we set up the foundation of what Taurus and Scorpio are, and we started to dive into adding in the other fixed signs of Leo and Aquarius. So if you haven't checked that out yet, go do that. And if you are following us from last week, let's just dive in. Where are we coming from when we're astral projecting and how are we implanting, you know, those, those parts of our desires or those, those projections of, of what we want into other people or trying to, to tap into their source of divinity or their sexual energy in order to inspire ours, you know, are we coming from that, that regenerative fulfilled place or are we coming from a space of neediness and addiction (laughs) this is really interesting and i want to kind of ground into this a little bit when we talk about astral projecting and the experiences that we have on that level actually being real so this isn't just fantasy because i think that there is a kind of mainstream feeling that what happens in your own mind is private it's not like real in some sense. Mm -hmm. And so you can kind of fantasize about anything and you're not actually merging 
but mm-hmm. you can like everything. Or sending your energy and your intentions yes. to someone. And so this adds a really interesting layer to things because Scorpio, like Scorpio merges, like that's its thing. And (laughs) we can merge with fantasy or things on the astral level, but the um, ethics of that space, I don't find spoken about that often because there's a small population of people that are actively engaging with the astral realm. And, you know, not a lot of people even necessarily believe in it. Um, but I can say just even from experience of having found my way into the astral realm or like having experiences with other people, even in the astral realm that I was initiated through experience. I didn't have a guidebook. No one sat me down and was like, Hey, this is real. And these are the rules, you know? Right. So I just Which kind would of be helpful. <laughs> and so I, yeah, it's been a big part of my path to learn kind of about that space and know that it has the same ethical rules that this plane does. So I wonder if there's mm-hmm. more you can say about, about that. Mm. Yeah, I think it's a, it's a big, it's a big topic and and it's also my favorite topic, I think, just because like when I going back to saying scorpionically challenged culture, I think that this is the result or the fruit of that is that we have, for one, not a lot of people even being aware that it's a part of our, you know, energetic reality and the, and the, the way that we send our energy and, and what we're doing. We don't have a lot of consequences or accountability because it's somewhat it's denied in large part. And I think that that's what makes it really passionate for me. I just, sorry, I'm remembering that a lot of my psychic friends, like they know when someone else is like knocking at their door energetically in a way that's like messed up, like someone doing a spell on them or something. Mm -hmm. And that person will just pop into their head and they're like, do you like know who I am? Like, I'm not susceptible to this spell. No, thanks. And it's just really funny that like, I don't know, it's just realizing that there are people that live in that realm and like know how to not be subtly influenced by people trying to get in their energy fields. Totally. Um, But then maybe it's kind of more murky. Well, I think there's, it's so interesting of like, because being psychic, it's like you, you have the opportunity to engage and, and navigate your energetic and, and other people's energetic <laughs> worlds, um, that much more, uh, viscerally, um, because I psychedelically see it. So I see it in these very like vivid images, um, a lot of the times and other people, you know, definitely feel and, and, and hear verbal things and things like that. Um, I think seeing it in a, in a vivid image is, is just a, it's a very upfront way of, of needing to work with things on an energetic um, level um, that can be slightly overwhelming and also very beneficial. Um, but we're also still people with our own filters and our own projections and our own desires and longings and all of the things that create our inner world as well. And so I think that it's a, it's a journey of mastery really to learn how to suss out the difference between the way that we perceive and the way that we are desiring things and our experiences and how that colors everything. And also how that's 
simultaneously co-creating within another, you know? Um, and I think that when you start to engage with it, just like you're like, you know, I've had experiences after experiences. And once we start to engage in that world, we can start to see what the difference is between, you know, somebody actually coming to me, trying to make, you know, have sex with me on the psychic astral dimensions. And then, you know, me just thinking about somebody and having a crush or, or them just thinking about me. It's like, you know, sometimes you can tell the difference. Yeah. Um, I love that you worded it as self mastery because it's, it's not just something that you can so clearly verify in a linear way. It's very absolutely subtle and it involves a lot of trust of the self and trust of the intuition and psychological purification as well. Yeah. And that's why I think too, when, when we get into realms as, as healers and psychics and energy workers, it's, it's, it's a constant journey of like feeling that hand. It's like Kuan Yin, like the hand is on the pulse and the inner self and the hand is also on the other, you know, you're like, you're feeling the other person and they're also constantly tracking where that comes from inside of you and, and what, you know, what that could potentially trigger inside of, of, of myself, you know, so that, that, because that's going to then give me a feedback loop in a sense. Um, but I think that it's, it's one of the most worthwhile conversations as people that are open to start getting more energetically aware, because right now, for one, we have an influx of a culture, a subculture that's doing plant medicine, that's doing energetic practices that are opening up our ability to propel our spirits and our energy body out further. Um, and to also receive more information, you know, we're at a place in time in our, in our evolution where we're receiving more information and where we can connect to more people than ever before, you know? And so I think that the, the mastery that that actually invites us into is huge. And I don't think that we are necessarily prepared because we still have a question of whether that reality even exists. And so that's yeah, un- <laughs> until, until, you know, it's super real. Like I've shared on the podcast a few times of just like having experiences of meeting people on the dream plane before I meet them in life. And that took me like, it's been years for me to discover what that even means and how to navigate it and how to not place projections on those relationships of like, Oh, I'm meant to be with this person forever because we met on the dream plane that, you know, there is an astral right. plane and I can meet people there and it doesn't necessarily, it's like, you totally. can go on a date. Just, we were at the same restaurant. We're going to be together forever. You know, like no one thinks that way, but because it was the astral plane, there was all this projection around it. Being Absolutely. Something, you know? And so having, um, more discernment about astral plane experiences, um, has come up. Right. I think that that's a, a really good thing that you mentioned actually, because, it's like taking our astral and our energetic world seriously and (laughs) also not because there's sometimes where I I see into, you know, people's bodies or into my own self. And it's like, Oh, this looks like a past life and it's playing out this whole big story and it's elaborate. And I feel it where it's connected in my organs and I'm having this whole physical healing as a result. So it must be true. And it's like, and we could also be like, I'm tapping into a, 
part of my DNA that holds this story of this metaphorical experience of humanity, or it could be, you know, this this way in which, you know, in dream world, it's like we see with our lucid dreams and our real dreams that they, the subconscious plays to us in, in sometimes metaphors and, and in things that are very real, but also some things that are metaphorical. And so I, I think of the psychic and the energetic dimensions as kind of holding it with, with that kind of, um, fluidity, I guess, yeah. of being like, yes, this could be really real. And then also, yes, this could be metaphorical in some way, or just, you know, it can, it can look like many different things. But I think what, what really is important for me when I'm going into, you know, things as past lives or, or, um, entities coming or, or people coming in, in ways that don't seem in alignment with me, it's like, finding ways where, how does that feel inside of my physical body? Is there a response that happens? How do I process it in a way that is healthy? And then how do I make proper boundaries or different agreements with that energy so that I feel the results happening in a physical way? If that makes sense. It does. Yeah. I think it's, this is also deepening a relationship to the body. Like the body is such an amazing calibration and feedback. You know, when we have feelings physically, like that's giving us information. And I think that if we've numbed the body or we're merged with things that are like scrambling our signals, because that can happen too. Mm -hmm. um, It's harder to get those signals. So I, it's Scorpio Virgo a little bit, but that purification process of letting go of the things that were merged with, I think one of the um, prayers or like one of the phases on the spiritual path can be kind of Kali or like Pluto-esque of like letting go of that, which does not serve us or these things that we're attached to that are, you know, not um, in alignment for us. And once we let go of those things, we become more sensitive and then we can um, feel our yes and no, or these cues. Um, and not to say that we can't feel those things beforehand, but I think that that's just like, um, part of the Taurus Scorpio shadow of like being merged with a lot of things that we're not necessarily needing to be merged with. And it's kind of, we are holding onto those energies and it's kind of cluttering us up codependency and yeah. (laughs) And so it really is a self mastery path, right? It's like, there's so much, um, there's different avenues into it. Um, what do you feel have been some of the things that have helped you kind of become more energetically aware? Mm, like what are some of the practices? Yeah. Oh. Uh, severe motorcycle wrecks. Oh. <laughs> no, um, so I, I think that, you know, near, near death experiences have definitely like opened up that channel a lot. I I also think that daily practices of, of, you know, yoga or meditation and journey, you know, dieting with plants and, and sitting with the jungle and kind of being in this communication with the plants and the animals, um, you know, being away from, I was away from my phone for the large part of, of five years in the jungle and, and, you know, every day picking, picking the plants and drinking the tea and, and just, you know, being in this, 
very clean diet, very, very simple and away from a lot of other, you know, cars and, and things like that, that would kind of fragment the, you know, when we, when we move at this pace of, of our own body and, and of nature, then, then it's easier to get in touch with some of those things. I just think that, um, whatever practices that really can bring your body into a space of groundedness, but also like form where it's like, I'm climbing trees or I'm, I'm running on the jungle path and I'm sliding. And, and as soon as something tells me to move, I, I do this like matrix move and all of a sudden it's a spider web and I've dove under it in the exact right moment. And then I've reached my hand and I like moved it at the time. And there's like a scorpion there. So it was like doing kind of things that, that, that push the body into deep embodiment and at the same time being very heightened and, and trying to communicate with, with nature and with the emotions and, and, and things. I think that that has really allowed me to see how much nature can actually speak without me just like trying, you know, to like, listen, it's just like, Oh, all of a sudden my body moves and the scorpions right there. And I moved at the, at the right time, or all of a sudden I stepped over the coral snake and bowed down right before it. When I was walking barefoot in the dark of the jungle, you know, it's like, I stepped over her perfectly, like, which it could have been devastating if I stepped on top of her. Um, but yeah, so anything of just allowing the spirit to expand inside of dancing or singing or meditating or plants or anything like that while bringing the body into like martial arts, yoga, physical mastery, I think is the most powerful way where we can, we can dance. And I do think detoxing has been a big part of me getting really fine, like tuned on where the chemicals go inside of my body, what emotions are there? What emotional connections do I have with certain foods? Um, you know, with spending so much time detoxing, I think it's very dangerous in some ways and people need to be really clear. It's a big, big fad now. And so I do think that there's like some things that I'm mentioning that, that need, you know, there needs to be a lot more awareness around some of these things for people to have, um, yeah, them and mm-hmm. like to experience these in a good way. Um, I think that some of the ways in which they're being done is also very damaging to our hormones and and to our uh, digestive systems. And so that I just like to say those kind of disclaimers. And I mention plants and I mentioned detoxing and things like that, just because it is such a fad that people are doing. And, and there's a lot of dangerous ways that people are are opening their bodies up and opening their psychic field up. And I think that praying with the moon is like, it sounds kind of funny to say like praying with the moon and doing a moon ceremony is one of the most powerful ways. But I do think that that's what I have found to be one of the most powerful ways to bring my womb into balance and to bring the psychic and the emotional and subconscious parts of me into a place where I can be more conscious and, and, and it's just been magical in, in the way that it's allowed my womb to heal and, and for me to create this bridge with the, the, 
the spirit world so that I can manifest with clarity and things and, and create that personal relationship with the spirits and, and things. So I think that's a really, um, potent way to connect. Yeah. And I appreciate that tone of caution as well, because I do think that one of the Taurus magics is simplicity. Mm. And if we're going to push the boundaries, which is more Scorpio, there is a way to do it in a grounded and incremental way. Absolutely. I know when I first learned about the energetic of Taurus and Scorpio and decided to play with it, um, actually, you know, I would do it unconsciously as a kid because sometimes, um, I have moon opposite Pluto and Pluto and Scorpio, moon and Taurus. So this is one of the themes that I play out. But, and moon, you know, relating to your home or my identity, you know, it's moon in the third house. So I, I've always been a writer. And when I was younger, um, I had these diaries and every now and then I would get this immense feeling of like shame for what I had written like, or maybe it didn't represent who I wanted to be anymore. And it was so like intense because I didn't have any frameworks. It was just a raw, like mm. child experience of like shame of what I had created. Mm. And so I would destroy it. I would black it out with ink. I would rip mm. it up. Um, I don't think I really had access to fire, so I don't think I burned it. Um, but Whenever I did this, weird things would happen. I did not know about magic or witchcraft. So I would do these rituals of intense kind of Pluto instinctual. I have to destroy this thing. And it would come back to me, like whatever I had destroyed it with, you know. And so I realized um, the more that I played with one of the Scorpio magics is to let go of things to make space. And so if you let go of too much... um, it has a gutting feeling to it. Like you can't, um, you can't expel more than you are prepared to. Right. And so subtlety and simplicity goes a long way. Cause you, if you overdo it with Scorpio, like it hurts. So, and there's a beautiful way in which our ego, you know, is there's a dance between it being intact and healthy to where our vessel is being something that spirit can move in and create from. And then we feeling the need to like perfect the vessel or read it all out (laughs) or break it entirely. And, and I think that that comes from just this, this desire to really come back to alignment. But I do think that you know, it comes from being severely out of alignment (laughs) and, and, you know, given a culture that's gone from, you know, just eat whatever you want, like disassociate and shut all your emotions down to then like, Oh my God, we have to process everything. We have to like eat all this food and like detox, detox, plant medicine, plant medicine, like all these really intense things. And yet sometimes that's actually not what the body is, is healthy for. We might just be, you know, getting another dogma and, and, um, you do what I mean? Like subscribing to another kind of dogma. And so we really, I think that there's something that you were talking about that we had spoken about before of like courting of listening to, you know, how to speak to things is, is such a powerful way to implement some of these, these archetypes that we've been talking about. And, and a part of that awareness around what we feel and what we need, it comes from such a place of, of listening and trust and we need to court ourselves. And I think that, 
those deeper gates that we open up into and those deeper courtyards that we allow that scorpionic experience and transformation to happen in needs to be in a, a way that's also contained and comes from that like wise discerning place of courtship that's like okay this is where i'm at now this is the transformation or this is the merging or this is the this is the thing i'm gonna open to and then that's all for now and then let's move deeper you know have time for integration and enjoyment yeah i like to think too about um sometimes the desire for the next thing is so intense. Like we need something so badly and to just go into a meditative visualization state where you give yourself the emotion that you're craving can really settle the nervous system, put us in a really good state of mind and help us to make actions that align with that result rather than making actions from a state of panic or lack, which often really shoot past the mark. And if we just energetically get in alignment with what we desire, we can make subtle actions that put us on the right track. That is one of the most like wise things ever right there. (laughs) Everyone listen to that. Because you're you're saying exactly something so powerful of like coming into that alignment and and not coming from a place of craving and aversion and reaction and and trying to do do do, but it's it's instead aligning yourself and then almost being more receptive in a way of like allowing that thing to magnetize or then being precise, which is such a deliciously sexy thing to like (laughs) only precisely make the right moves instead of these like massive outbursts totally exquisite Scorpio exactly oh that's that's my favorite word (laughs) exquisite exquisite precise Scorpio that that is such medicine for my Aries in the eighth house that totally like shoots over the mark too deep you know my spiritual um awakening looked like way less graceful than probably (laughs) i mean mine was ugly like it's on the second episode of this podcast (laughs) that's how we connected at norwak is that we had a really epic 2012 (laughs) (laughs) and just for these two aries women at a conference realizing that we had spider totems the same year and that we had these really dramatic spiritual awakening experiences that resulted in us getting kind of like put away trying to actually be controlled and and put into psychiatric and and physical confinement <laughs> and here we are in bali like free of It's just, it was an initiation. And I feel like that even, you know, back when I had that spiritual awakening, like I came in touch with my power, but not the ethos of how to use it, not the experience. It was just a, an outburst. And it was studying evolutionary astrology in the aftermath that helped me take responsibility and accountability for my Scorpio, my Pluto. Where was I leaky? Where was I trying to get things from people? And so therefore being manipulative, Mm. even things like, am, am I not emotionally secure enough in myself that I have to get other people to be a certain way so that I can feel a certain way and just how much <clears throat> havoc that was creating in my life that all came to the surface during that spiritual awakening. And the integration, I feel like with astrology, with these practices, it's changing our day-to-day life and thought patterns and it can be slow and measured. 
too. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. 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 And, and I do think that that's in, in a, in a way bringing that harmonious balance back with nature too, of just bringing ourselves into this place where we're, we're bringing ourselves into a more graceful, empowered space. And then we need less and we'll take less, you know, there's, there's so much of, of people that are like, Oh my God, we've been eating shit this whole time. So like, let's just pack all the nutrients in our bodies. Like, Whoa, Whoa, Whoa. You know? And it's like, give yourself that which you're seeking and then you'll need less juiced foods. <laughs> you'll need less plant medicines to be coming into your life to like radically like heal you, you know, it's like, we'll be in a more balanced space. And so that they can also, the plants being live in a, and the animals <laughs> live in a more, um, it's about a balance of giving instead of needing their bodies and their medicine and their teachings to overcompensate for the amount of separation and the amount of like scarcity that we've like felt, you know, powerful. So true. Yeah. So before we go, is there any thoughts you'd like to share on integrating this axis of Taurus and Scorpio? Yes. So just to, to paraphrase, um, in, of, so just to paraphrase of what Taurus and, and Scorpio individually and then together mean, I think that that would be a, a good way to say it. Um, Taurus, a way that we can really work on that Taurus is giving ourselves this space and time to bring our bodies and our home into alignment. And so to me, what that means is, is creating that, that experience of sensuality of, of how do I bring spirit into my body? You know, self-pleasuring is like a beautiful way of getting in touch with that. And, and also giving yourself massages and, or having people give you massages, um, making baths for yourself, um, creating a daily routine where you're bringing yourself into your body. Um, however that looks, you know, some people like yoga, some people don't. So Qigong or Tai Chi or martial arts or surfing or, you know, climbing trees and doing acrobatics in the trees or just gripping the dirt with your hands or whatever it is. It's like bring yourself into your body and then also find a way to bring that into your home. So when you make your meals, like how can you make it more beautiful? You know, how can you do it in essentially what what the natives call it, the beauty way, you know, putting flowers on your food, um, really savoring, you know, and, and also I love to create my home like a temple. And so when I walk into my home, I want to feel like all the, the, the realms and the beings and the elements that I am allied with, I want to feel that they have a space there. And so when I walk into my home, I want to feel that my entire body is like immediately in alignment as if I was an acupuncture needle directly on the earth in the perfect way. I want to feel that kind of alignment inside. And so what I do with that is I, I arrange my furniture and I arrange my altar and, and I make sure I get the, the, elements and the statues and the kinds of plants and crystals that really speak to my soul and, and place them in a way that feels aligned and good. And, and then as far as the 
energetics of, of Taurus is just to reiterate the, the boundaries and the self-responsibility and really finding those places where you, what you value and, and how, and what do you feel yourself worthy of, you know, and working on that self-worth and bringing yourself into a space where you're regenerating yourself and you're coming from that space of fulfillment and so that when you do move into the places of your deep desires and you're sharing them so in scorpio we're desiring to merge with another we're desiring to like feel the way that our energy moves with the earth and 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 the people and all the things that we want to have that alchemical relationship with but we want to come from that space of worthiness and and that pillar of self and we want to bring that into that alchemical pot, you know? So when we move into the realms of Scorpio, finding the places of, of bringing your cards on the table, you know, how do you, how do you speak to your desires? How do you, how do you make a container for yourself so that you're, you're bringing your longings out and you're, you're bringing your, yourself into energetic alignment so that the other person can also co-create with that instead of us just trying to get our needs met and, you know, like seduce people, you know, under the table and doing it and all these, you know, CD or just like subconscious ways, you know, bringing those places out into the open so that, so that we can work on how to bring them, those parts of us into consciousness and into alignment. So wise. Thank you for sharing that with us, Arakai. Thank you. So how can people work with you and find you? Oh, well, I have a YouTube channel. Um, so you can look up Archive Moon or Star Siren Astrology. And that's just for a new moon and full moon and different kinds of transits. Um, also, I teach astrology courses and I, I do one-on-one sessions. I work with people on a weekly or even monthly um, sort of schedule uh, to uncover some of these deep deep patterns and, and ways to activate different parts of, of their lives. And, and so, yeah, just contact me on star siren astrology at gmail.com. Uh, I live in Australia right now, so you can find me in Byron Bay, Australia. <laughs> and, um, yeah. Anything on the horizon that you are really excited about or working on? Right now I am in the process of creating, well, I'm doing an audio book. And so I will be writing a book about the psychosomatic process that actually my partner and I have created. And it's a form of what I call the gatekeeper and pain body. Um, but it's really an emotional alchemical tool that, um, that people can use for themselves and, and healers and therapists can use with their clients. And I'm going to be pairing that with the polarities, working with the polarities of all the archetypes and finding, you know, where in every archetype have, has these gatekeepers and pain bodies essentially. Um, and then I'm also creating something called the dragon school or the codes of the dragon. And this is a seven initiation course, um, that is going to be really working on, on, you know, vocal and sexual and emotional alchemy essentially. And, and working with these unseen realms and, and power and seduction and how to bring, you know, our inner seductress into a place of integrity, 
um, so that we turn into dragons. <laughs> I'm so excited for that. I'm going to take your course <laughs> and collaborate with you in our long and amazing careers ahead of us. Yes. <laughs> We've met each other so young, which I'm so excited for. It's yeah, been really a way to create with you. Me too. It's been so exciting to talk with you and to feel like really like your deep connection to these archetypes just totally electrifies me and I've learned so much. Mm. Well, thank you everyone for listening. We mostly were just talking about Taurus and Scorpio and you see where we flew off to and yet, um, I mean, fly, but it's very primordial, very rooted ground undercurrent kind of archetypes. Um, but that's the amazing power of astrology is that these signs, you know, go far beyond some basic keywords or personality traits, but they're energetic forces in reality. And we can have a relationship with them and deepen into our soulfulness and our integrity through this language of astrology. Mm-hmm. So what a pleasure this has been and we should do it again. Thank you so much, Arakai. Thank you. I just had such a good time speaking with Arakai. I hope that you enjoyed this episode and I would love to hear what you got out of it. If you share a screenshot of this episode to your Instagram story and tag me, um, I would love to know what some of your takeaways were from the episode. I heard from some of you last week who have Taurus and Scorpio or second and eighth house themes in your chart that you got a lot out of it. So that made me really happy to hear and also... I mean, it is just so nice to dive more deeply into the archetypes that we have represented in our natal chart, right? There's so much resonance there to swim inside of and to gain that we can then apply into our lives. That's why I love astrology so much. Certainly learning about Scorpio and Pluto has helped me be a lot more intentional about how I invest my energy and how I connect with things. Um in a way that has been deeply empowering, you know, like, am I tuned in? Am I creating an energetic bond to the connection, an energetic bond to the vibration of unworthiness? Like there's a whole field consciousness of unworthiness. Am I feeding it and being kind of parasitically engaged with by it? Or am I tuning into the field consciousness of compassion and love? You know, these are like we spoke of the astral plane. You can connect with energetics at a deep vibrational level. And that is Scorpio Aquarius, right? So if you've been enjoying this podcast, I would really love a review on iTunes. Leaving a review on iTunes makes this show more visible so more people can find it. And that is really valuable for if these ideas are improving lives or having an impact, let's share them. Let's signal boost it. If you leave me a review on iTunes, take a screenshot before you click submit and then email that screenshot over to me at sabrina at monarchastrology.com. I'll take down your email and send over a free gift when that gift is ready. I'm actually working on it as we speak. So I can't wait to share that with you. Thank you so much for listening to the show and I hope that you have a blessed day. Mm -hmm.